whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars. All right, away we go. It's a Golden Knights game day. Game five of the semis. The old hat around here. <laughs> it's unbelievable, right? Four years in, you go to the finals. You're in the semis. Unbelievable. All right, going to be big tonight. Fun atmosphere. So there's cool things going on around town. Such as? Well, you want to spin the wheel of Terrible Herbst. Okay. They get the $1,000 VGK game day giveaway. All right? I've got it. Get in there on the home dates. John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. Buy one sub, get one free today. And, of course, during the playoffs on a game day, mention the hat-trick special. That's a sub, fries, and a drink, 20% off. And when they're on the power play tonight, and I'm telling you, watch out. Petrangelo playing the left point, playing on the half wall on the left side. Looked better the other night. If they score a goal on the power play, you can win ducats to a future Golden Knights game. Adam S. Kuttner on Twitter. This is going to be a fun hour. I can't wait. David Gosher is kind enough to join us. The Golden Knights play-by-play man who, now here's the thing. He's calling the Tampa Bay Islanders series and Dave's currently in a car stuck in traffic in New York having just flown there from Tampa Bay. Are the Lightning folks and the Islander folks Giving you the googly eye that you're not really there calling the series. You're just scouting these guys. I, I don't. First of all, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm, I'm staring in, at cars on the Grand Central Parkway right now in New York. So, raining sideways. Uh, I don't think the Islanders fans or the Lightning fans. Um, I don't think they would give me that much credit. You know what I mean? They wouldn't want me scouting. I got a hard enough time just telling you who's on the ice to do the play-by-play. So, no, it's. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, to kind of obviously with no TV duties uh, after the first round and to still be able to kind of, I call it moonlight doing some radio. Is, it's been a lot of fun and it's been, you know, it's been a blast to kind of be around this series, especially the atmosphere at Nassau Coliseum. You know, I, I said to somebody the other day, it's almost like a, it's a smaller version of Vegas. You know, it's not what we do at the Fortress, but 13, 12, 13,000 people in a small building. Everyone's right on top of you. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to be part of that. I was going to get to that series in a minute, but since you mentioned it, what is it like there, Dave? I mean, I was there back in 1980, and I know how loud that gets. But what that building is turned into, it's like a World Cup soccer game's broken out where it's an organ and the fans, and it's so organic. How cool is it? Yeah, it's great. You know, like they when they... It's little things, Brian. Like they have all these chants, and you know when Barry Trotz just walks from the walks <laughs> to the bench, you know from the corner, and chanting Barry, Barry. I'm like, what's going on? You know, it's uh, they got one of the New York Jets. Uh, what is it, Dan Feeney? Who's he's got the mullet and he's crushing beers, and he's you know it's just I don't know I don't know what's happening, but it's a lot of fun. It's uh, so and to your point, you know it's. They renovated the Coliseum a few years ago. They they spent about 165 million to make it, you know. I think just more attractive than what it used to be. You know, it, it it's it's an old building still, but it's aesthetically it's nicer. And you know, for what we do, it's so many buildings where we're high up. Uh, I'm doing the the series with Dave Maloney, uh, who does a terrific job doing uh, New York Rangers radio color. He and I have been teamed up, and we're right, you know, pretty much dead center ice, right down low. It's it, we have people all over, all around us. It couldn't be a better spot to, to do it. So 
And this is it too, right? This is going to be it for Nassau Coliseum. That you know, I, I know here on on Long Island, or hoping it's not tomorrow night, but whenever this season ends for the Islanders, they're going to move to the new building in, in Belmont Park next year. So it'll be kind of the end of an era here. Well, just think, you get to play the late daily double the next time you go there to call a Golden Knights game. That'll work out. All right, so perfect. Perfect. <laughs> hey, I'm curious. Uh, that start last night for Tampa Bay. That's what we're looking for, to see from the Golden Knights to get off the good, quick starts. I mean, that was just an avalanche last night. Yeah, it's funny, Brian. I was talking to um, you know some some people around the Lightning, and, and I asked specifically about Steven Stamkos because he just didn't he hasn't looked like himself in this series. And you know, he missed the final month of the season. He's had a lot of injuries and a lot of surgeries over the last bunch of years. You know, we all remember. Obviously, he only played. You know, was it one shift or two shifts in the in the Cup final last year and scored on his only shot on net? So, um, you know, he was. You, you looked at him and his line, and you thought they've got to get more out of these guys if they're gonna if they're gonna have success. And sure enough, he scores. You know, forty five seconds into the game, and you know he had another one later on. So, yeah, it's, that game has kind of it's been the outlier of the series, right? Every game's been tight. Um, I think they had three of the first four decided by a goal. I don't think anybody saw that coming, especially against an Islanders team that is usually pretty tight and pretty stingy defensively. But I, I did joke around last night on the air. I said, you know, the, the team that I'm around usually in Vegas lost the first game to Colorado 7-2, to two, and it still only counts as one loss, right? It's, you know, you flush it and you move on, and I would imagine that's what, you know, Barry Trotz and, and staff are going to take that approach to just kind of get rid of game five and move ahead to game six tomorrow night. Dave, these guys are on a mission to repeat. Kucherov and Hedman get all the pub. But you're there and you're watching these guys up close every night now in this series. How good is Point? I mean, this guy's the heart and soul of that team. The stuff he does on a nightly basis is remarkable, and I don't think he gets anywhere near enough the credit he deserves. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Brian. He's been he's been awesome. I mean, all he did was lead the league in goals in the playoffs last year, and he's he's doing it again this year. He scored in eight straight. It's uh, he drives the bus for them. He really does. You know, he's um, and he's not the biggest guy. You know, John Cooper was asked about him the other day. He's been asked about him a lot, but you know, just most recently, and he said that just his um, for not being a big guy, his ability, he, he doesn't. He's not on the perimeter. He gets he goes into the traffic. He goes in the areas that you score goals, doesn't shy away from the physical stuff. Um, you know, we talk a lot in Vegas, and rightly so, about Mark Stone, and we kind of talk about when you when you think about the big moments for the Golden Knights, usually his fingerprints are on them in some way. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. And that's how Braden Point is for, for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, he's he's just... He's, he's been money for them. You know, he, he and Kucherov, but, the, you know, they're very different players. And Point has just been – he's been terrific. And until last night, it really had been Point and Kucherov kind of carrying the load for them for most of the series. And then, they, you know, they got Stamkos and some other guys on board last night, which, you know, for them they had kind of been waiting for for a little while. All right, folks, want to get your take. Stevie and I have specific questions for you, but what is your overview – what you've seen through four games, Vegas, Montreal? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the first, well, you talked about the starts, Brian, and it's been an issue, right, for Vegas. Maybe not so much in game three, but certainly the two games at T-Mobile and then, and then game four, uh, a similar deal. Now, it, but it's not a new phenomenon, right? We've kind of seen this 
you know, through the playoffs and, and even at times in the regular season. Um, I think game three, you know, we all know kind of what happened late in regulation there, and uh, they could never really, you know, they couldn't snap out of it in the intermission to get ready for overtime. And um, I thought probably they deserved, you know, the, the VGK deserved to win game three and the Canadians deserved to win game four. And sometimes that's how it is. It just kind of evens itself out in a series like that. I, I still think, you know, for the Golden Knights, the, their high-end guys, They've got another gear they can get to. They can get to another level, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it. I mean, they haven't they haven't got really anything from their top six forwards. I know Carlson set up McNabb for the tying goal the other night, and and Nick Wall was on the ice with Pacioretty and Stone when he scored in overtime. But um, and, and it's amazing when you think about the the loss of Chandler Stevenson, just how much it's kind of met and the trickle down effect that that's had. So. Um, I still think their best game is ahead of them, or at least that I hope it is. You know, for the Golden Knights, and hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's tonight. So you mentioned uh, Dave last night, maybe a game that's easier to flush for the Islanders, eight nothing, as opposed to Montreal now coming in here off a gut puncher, right? A game that they probably should have won, and now they come in here for Game Five. How do you think their mindset is? Probably similar, Stevie. I mean, I you know, and I would even go back two games ago. You know, I think the Golden Knights, although they didn't, I didn't think they were probably at their best in Game Four, but they had to do the same thing. I, you know, that's a crushing loss. The way they lost in Game Three, they, Canadians really aren't mounting much of an attack. You know, the uh, Flurry loses the puck late, and we know the rest of the story. You know, and I just think at this time of year, especially win or lose, you, you just have to park it as quickly as you can. You know, guys, guys have said they might they might dwell on it a little bit that night, but I think by the next day, you've got to let it go. I, I don't think there's any. It doesn't serve anything productive to to hang on to it. So uh, I would imagine for the Canadians that's the case. Uh, much like for the Golden Knights, you wake up the next day, it's a new day, it's a fresh day, and you know, again, it's. Win or lose, you have to kind of, you know, it's like a reliever in baseball, right? You give up a walk-off home run. If you're coming in the next day to close out a game, I, I don't know how productive it is to be thinking about what happened the day before. So I would think the Canadians would probably take that approach. Dave, this team, the Golden Knights, I wonder if they're not, you know, victims of expectations where you know, people act like they're the Central Red Army team. This is a really, really solid, good hockey team. And there are nights you see, you expect more. I think people expect so much of them. But I think the calling card for this team, and you called so many games this year, where they had one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel, and they'd tie it late, they'd win it in overtime. Game three against the Avs, you're down. Believe me, you're about to go down 3-0. With five minutes yeah. to go, you get two goals in 45 seconds, and they turn it around. They have changed the narrative and the headline in individual games and in series so many times that, I mean, resilience is really, it's kind of the calling card of this team. And that's what good teams do. Even when they're not necessarily playing their best, they find ways to do it, even if it's not necessarily pretty at times. Yeah, and I'd even say, Brian, you know, I think about game five in Colorado, right? They're down 2 nothing going into the third period, and they get two quick goals early from from talking March or so, and it changes the whole tone of the game. And they get a big save from Flurry early in the overtime on JT Copper, and Mark Stone goes down the other end and scores and wins the game. And just like that, they're up three games to two. So, yeah, I think your point is right on. They have they have been very resilient um, most of the season. You know, and, and let's maybe, if, for the sake of argument, keep it to the playoffs. They build a they, they lose the opener against Minnesota. 
Next thing you know, they're up three games to one. Then they can't close it out, and they came home for game seven and, you know, controlled most of that game. I mean, they won it fairly handily. They lose the first two games against Colorado, um, and, you know, I think Pete DeBoer even kind of talked about the sky was falling and people, whatever his quote was, were jumping off the life raft with, uh, with you know, rescue jackets on or whatever. <laughs> and they win the next four games and win the series. So I think that this time of year, I think probably it's good to keep in mind for all of us, it's not always going to be pretty. Um, if you're playing right now, if you're down from the final 30, you know, 31 teams down to the final four, all these teams are here for a reason. And, yeah, I know Montreal has taken a lot of people by surprise. and But you know what? They, they, they're they playing with a ton of – they've got to be playing generally with a ton of confidence. What they did against the Leafs to come back, to sweep Winnipeg. Um, so I, I just think at this stage of the year, they're not all going to be things of beauty. And that's okay. Um, you have to find ways to try to – to try to pull out wins. You know, I'll just even the series I'm covering right now, the Islanders built a 3 nothing lead in game four, and all of a sudden it's a 3-2 game. Tampa scores, you know, a couple of goals early in the first six minutes of the third period. And was it were it not for a save by Ryan Pollock at the end of the game on Ryan McDonough, Tampa would have tied the game and, who knows, very likely could have won it in overtime. So the margins just are, you know, are so thin, you know, and as we watch these two series go on, I think we're kind of, that's kind of reinforced. You know, probably not last night, you know, in the, in the uh, Tampa Islanders series, but most nights it's, it's you know, it's razor thin. You're around these guys and you travel with them. I'm just, I'm curious, were you chuckling from afar? And we know the gamesmanship and the media conferences. And how hilarious is it that the coach and the players go, well, we don't listen to the outside noise. And then Robin Leonard comes up and goes, yeah, I got to the arena two hours early so I could see all the crap you guys were talking about. <laughs> what? What? Are, this guy's a classic, man. Yeah, he's a beauty. I think you got to. I think you got there four hours early. Took his own bus over. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, yeah. You know, and and I think they're probably Brian. They're all probably cut from different cloths. I, I do think there are some guys that just stick their heads in the sand. They don't really care. You know, they don't read it. They don't listen to it. They don't watch it. Um, but I do think coaches probably to a certain degree have a sense as to what's out there. Some players have a sense. Um, you know, how much they – I don't I don't know how much they put into it. I, I think as a coach, I don't, I don't think you can put anything into it because, you know, you know the inner workings of your team better than anybody. But that's, that's okay. It doesn't prevent people like, you know, people like us from – you know, having relatively informed opinions and, and expressing them. But, yeah, I think at this time of year, Pete DeBoer's kind of used the phrase um, white noise. And I think uh, I think that's probably that's, that's what a lot of it is for for most teams playing at this time of the, of the playoffs. But uh, not for everybody, you know, not for Robin Leonard, to, to say the least. Uh, you know, he heard and read plenty about it. And, hey, whatever, you know, my old job, Brian, I was in Boston a long time, and the New England Patriots – used to find motivation in any slight or any perceived slight. And all they did was win three Super Bowls in four years twice, you know. So whatever whatever it takes to, you know, to, to motivate you, uh, I'm all for it. A couple more minutes, if you would. Dave Gosher's with us stuck in traffic in New York. But it's funny, I was just going to ask you, this time of year, you personally – you were there for the run to the cup with the Bruins. First year here is a Disney movie. They go to the finals. They're in the semis again. It's funny, around here, people think this is normal. <laughs> I mean, you know how hard it is to do this? Yeah, 
Well, and your, you know, to your point of this is, uh, it doesn't just happen, right? I mean, you've got, you know, the series I'm covering right now, the New York Islanders, they haven't been in the final four in back-to-back years since the mid-80s, you know, when they had those great dynasty teams and, you know, they went to the, the finals five years in a row. I mean, I know your, your old stomping grounds, Brian, in Buffalo. How would you like to be a Buffalo Sabres fan? I mean, it's, you know, talk about years of pain. So, yeah, I don't think... Uh, I'm wincing while you us, speak, so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us should take it for granted. Um, and full marks to, you know, the usual cast of characters, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, the players, the coaching staff, uh, the coaching staffs over the years, over the four years that have put this together and and made it just, um, you know, a perennial contender. I, you know, obviously what they did in year one, fast-forwarded everything for them so much where now, you know, they go out and they, they get Pacioretty, they get Stone, they get Petrangelo, they bring in Martinez, they bring in Leonard. You know, they've now it's they didn't want to just be a one-hit wonder and a flash in the pan in that first miraculous first year. Now they want to build it to be a threat um, to win it every year. You know, if you look out east, you know, Tampa Bay's kind of built themselves into that, and they had to go through some heartbreaking defeats and, and none bigger than being that first round sweep by Columbus a couple of years ago. And personally, Dave, real contender. Yeah, you, know, I'm sorry. So. you just cut out there for a second. Personally, I think Vegas, you know, maybe out of the gate and play a dump and chase game, get in there, establish a fortune, get the lead, and then the open ice will come because this Montreal team can get you in transition. But I'm just curious, the one, if you wanted to say like a, a chink in the armor for the Golden Knights, okay, we saw it in the bubble. Last year, there were stretches during the regular season this year where it's a kind of an across the board thing where the forward group starts to squeeze the stick and the goals are hard to come by. It's great you've come this far, but if you're constantly counting on goals coming from the defense core, it can catch up to you at some point. What do you think the key is for these guys to, to get to bust it open a little bit, and get the forward group lighting the lamp? Oh, we lost him. We lost him. He was stuck in traffic. Damn, damn oh, traffic. You know what? This might be him. Sing a show tune, Stevie. All right. Well, I was going to uh, – Chandler Stevenson, by the way, practiced today on the top line in a regular jersey. Now, DeBoer has said he's a game-time decision, but with that practice in a regular jersey, probably more likely to be in than less likely, and we'll see how that – will help the Knights tonight. We've got to get Stone going. Hey, Dave was kind enough to call back. So now, what, what do you got? Straight line winds in addition to the wind and rain? I don't know. We're in some neighborhood now. <laughs> You're uh, lost! Sure <laughs> uh, but, well, no, we know where we're going, but we, you know, we're kind of in a day. So I don't, I'm not sure where we are, but I'm still uh, 13 minutes, it says, to the hotel. So, uh, All right. Yeah, just kind of we'll, creeping along. We'll just keep you for a couple more. And thanks to your producer for <laughs> letting us occupy the conversation you'd be having with him. What is it about, Dave, the Golden Knights forward group that we saw at a time, well, we saw it in the bubble, we saw it at times during the regular season, that as a group collectively they squeeze the stick maybe and get a little bit cold. It's such a weird dynamic that that keeps happening. How do they bust out of this? Because you can't keep counting on getting all the goals from the blue line. Yeah, I think at times, Brian, they're probably guilty of maybe trying to put too fine a point on it. You know, some of... uh... You know, I guess it was some of game three or four. I can't remember, to be honest, because, you know, Alex Tuck had some great chances. Just the net. 
the line gets a little too cute, as, as great as they are when they're on. Sometimes I think they maybe try to make maybe one pass too many. Um, you know, and then you've got to get guys like Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty going. I, I don't think you can underestimate. I know they get a lot of the headlines, and deservedly so, but they would be the first to tell you that Chandler Stevenson really helps drive that line, unlike anybody else on the team. You know, just his speed, his ability to back defense up, find Pacioretty or find Stone. Um, so, you know, if he can get back at some point in this series, whether it's tonight or game six or if it goes the distance, um, I think that would help for sure. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's any one thing you could point at. And, and the other thing, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this, and it, it deserves to be talked about until it's maker is the power play. You know, and especially if you're going to struggle to score, if your, your power play has to come up, you know, with something, and, and maybe not score in every power play, but generate some momentum for your team. Um, you know, and that's something that's kind of been a, a bit of an Achilles heel for them, and hopefully you know, they can figure it out sooner rather than later. Hey, Dave, just watching this series as a fan, you, you can't help but notice, unfortunately, a guy that, that we let go to get patch ready, uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield work together. These guys, this pair, is going to be dynamic going forward for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I would agree with you, Stevie. You know, he's, uh, and look, you, you know, you think about the Pacioretty trade, you're not going to get a, a player of his caliber unless you're going to give up a good young prospect, you know, a prospect at the time and Nick Suzuki. Um, and Cole Caulfield has, you know, come out of college here, put a couple of games in the American League, and, you know, he's, he's he has advertised. He's a goal scorer, right? Led the nation in goals at Wisconsin this year and, um, and and kind of built, you know, you think about it, you know, a lot of the Canadians, you know, you think of like even Brendan Gallagher up front, right? You know, they're not the biggest guys. Caulfield's not big at all. Uh, Caulfield, I don't know if he's 5'8 on stage. <laughs> Something like that, matter. Dave, you're right. Yeah, yeah, with heels on, you know, and uh, <laughs> but that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of been the M.O. of the Canadians for a long time. They're not they don't have to be the biggest. They're highly skilled, and they and they you know they they go to the dirty areas and they're able to score goals. So uh, yeah, you know those two young guys have been really good for them. And I, you know I, I kind of left out on the previous answer. Uh, you know they get a guy in net who's pretty good in Carey Price, and I think sometimes when he gets on a roll, he can get in in players' heads. You know, and you try to I suppose just getting pucks on net, making him make saves and trying to make rebounds. So anyway, uh, but yes, uh, Suzuki and Caulfield are, uh, you know, two guys that, uh, and Suzuki's just been, you know, he's been terrific for them as a, you know, as a young player in the league. Two more quick questions for Dave Gosher, kind enough to join us on Vegas Hockey Hotline. DeBoer's a mad scientist. He sticks his neck out. Leonard rewards his belief in him. He plays a great game. Now we get to tonight. It's like this on social media. Stevie and I disagree. Stevie says flurry. I say Leonard could be in their heads a little bit. He played great. Maybe you come right back with him. It's a coin flip. They're playing games with who's coming off the ice first in the morning. What do you think happens tonight? Well, if it's if it's up to me, and thank, thankfully it's not, uh, I, I go with Robin Leonard. I, I think he was their best player on the ice the other night. You know, he's the reason the series is 2-2. Um, you know, and I do think Pete DeBoer has kind of touched on this, guys. And, look, he's not – you know, I was joking around with some people earlier today. I mean, you would have a better chance of getting the codes to the nuclear missiles than finding out anything of truth 
around the playoffs at this time of year. You like, don't even ask. You don't even waste your time. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, and look, I get it. You know, competitive advantage and all that. And, you know, I, I understand where it's all coming from. Um, but I just think, um, you know, Pete has not been doing this. If you look kind of throughout the playoffs, you know, Ryan Reeves has been sat out. You know, they've taken Nick Hague out of the lineup at times. Um, he hasn't done it in net, save for twice, with Leonard playing, you know, the Colorado game one and then game four of the series the other night. But, you know, Fleury's played a lot of hockey. And, uh, you know, and I know Pete said what happened at the end of game three wasn't, didn't factor into it, and that's fine, I guess. But he's played a ton. And, it, you know, it is mentally draining, especially that position. So it wouldn't, you know, I think it's Leonard tonight, but – um, uh, what do I know? I, I know, think it's I, pretty apparent. Not, I, not a lot. I agree with you, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting problem to have. All right, most important question: You get a cushy gig like this, do you have to give Shane Knighty your per diem money? <laughs> no, no. Shane's very rich. He's gonna, he doesn't need my money. He's just you know he's the way he rolls. No, I will say this, Brian. In all in all seriousness, it's been a uh, it's been a little bit strange, right? Like you know that. I don't think I've ever missed a Golden Knights home game ever, be it broadcasting them or even when, you know, the national people take over. Um, so it's just it's a, it is a little odd. Like I'm I'm 2,600 miles away, but I'll be I'll be finding a TV tonight as I have for the you know the other four games of the series to uh, to watch. And uh, but yeah, it, it is kind of weird, but that's okay. You know, it's uh, it's been a blast to be around this series and. Hopefully, if things go well here for the VGK, to, to be around one more series. Greatly appreciate you doing this. Good luck getting to the hotel. Enjoy the rest of that series. And hopefully, I guess we'll see you in the final. <laughs> we'll see you at yeah, T-Mobile. Great. Thanks for great. doing this, Dave. I'm, I'm five minutes away, guys. We're gaining on it. Five, minutes, uh, five right. minutes to go. Text me if you get lost, and we'll put an APB out for you. <laughs> Thanks for doing All this, right. Dave. Appreciate it. See you, fellas. Dave Gosher in New York calling the... Tampa Bay and the series with the Islanders. That'll be a great, great game to be at tomorrow night in that barn. Oh, yeah. Knighty can't be all that rich. He's flushed a lot of money on those outfits. That's, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a lot dressed, of money spent. Yeah, he dresses pretty good. A lot of money spent. All right, my man. So the debate rages. It he, does. he says Leonard. I say Leonard. You say Flurry. Uh, I've seen, I saw a little a video clip up on TSN. Craig Button said Flurry, Pierre LeBrun, I believe, said Leonard. It's an interesting call. I I think there are cases to be made for both, but I think I'll st- I'm sticking with what I think. And Dave kind of said the same thing. I think Leonard played so well that you maybe you go on the premise that. He's got Montreal squeezing the stick a little bit, and maybe he's in their head. But listen, Fleury did not play. He played wonderfully in the game with the miscue at the end of the game, but he was exceptional in that game. So I don't think you lose either way. I'm almost wondering, is there less pressure on Leonard to come in and and play this game tonight than Fleury bouncing back in? It's a tough call. It really is. Yeah. I, I, Fleury seems pretty cool, calm, collected kind of guy. I don't, I don't think he'll feel pressure. I, I don't know. So, so my reasoning is, for me, for, for the majority of the season, 
Flurry was the better goaltender. And there, were, win the there, were, there, there were times when when Leonard was really really good. I shouldn't say that. I said Stone was going to win, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> win the so, Selkie. So that so my thinking is you go with the better goaltender overall. Now Leonard, you, you can't ask Leonard to play any better than he played uh, in in Game Four. So I, I I guess I understand that. I Leonard, I you know it's I don't. And I don't fully understand why Leonard makes me nervous sometimes. And and you know Flurry should with the way that he handles the puck. Um, but I don't know. I I feel better. I feel more confident, more at ease, whatever, with Flurry in there than Leonard. We, we'll see. It's a divorce decision. I I'm for me, it's a coin flip right now as to what he'll decide. It, it could be Leonard. It could be Flurry. The funny thing is. Stevenson's a game-time decision. If he goes, it's not so much what he'll do. I want to see what Pacioretty and Stone do. Correct. I mean, I can see Stevenson, you know, maybe getting a chance shorthanded or flying down, you know, big speed. Okay, he gets an opportunity or two. It's more about if he's out there, is that line as a collective – in his, I mean, you tell me, how many good looks has Pacioretty had in this series? He had the one where he rang off the pipe. Didn't he? He, he rang one off the inside okay, of the pipe in the but, game. But in, in game one, or am I confusing series? Wasn't it in game one where he, like, drove the puck to the net, like, three different times and crashed into Price once or twice? I think that was the Av series. Is that the Av series? Okay. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm, to me, it's like you're going against your old team. Every time you touch the puck... They're booing you. You know, he should be going bananas in this series. Uh, yeah. So maybe the overtime, you know, where he gets the puck to the net, takes the puck to the net there, going. maybe gets him going. Um, here's the other thing about Stevenson coming in. It also makes the other lines better, right? Novsik is going to center the fourth line now, I believe. Tuck gets to go back on the third line. So it, it makes all your lines better. So that's that's the other part of having Stevenson back if he's able uh, to get back in there tonight. I, I like his speed to open things up um, for, for Pacioretty and Stone. So I hope he's back in there uh, for that reason as well. Um, Dave was talking about, you know, the, the, some of the guys that haven't played and, and Tuck being one of the uh, – I'm sorry, Haig being one of the guys that came out. Nick Holden has really, really played well in these playoffs for, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I, I think sometimes he kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but he's that veteran guy who, you know, he doesn't have the greatest skill in the world as a defenseman, but he makes the right decisions more often than not. I've, I've really been impressed with his play uh, for the Knights here in the playoffs. Oh, by the way, uh, the update. Got this one right. $5,000 fine for Barzal. Yeah. I looked at it. I mean... Yeah, yeah, pretty, you know, it's a little greasy. But, you know, he comes up, the the stick is up, but his hands were relatively close together. That doesn't mean you can't, like, slick a guy yeah. and knock every tooth out of his head with well, a butt end. So, but with that in mind, give the 5000 to Ruta so he can get some new dental work done. He's a hockey player, man. Okay, he's fine with he'll, no teeth. He'll be okay. Well, All right. you know, rice pudding's <laughs> really good this time of year. <laughs> right. Let's go to the phones. Mike's on the line. Hi, Mike. Rice pudding isn't all that if that's all you can eat. That's the only problem. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. It may be difficult. It may be difficult to take any other solid food. I, I just want to weigh in because everybody else is. The, the logic that I would use is simply this. Marc-Andre does not play as well at Montreal for some odd reason. It's been a chronic problem for him for years to have a little bit of a blip when he goes to Montreal. So don't play him in Montreal. Play Leonard in Montreal, play Flower in Vegas, and drop the mic. <laughs> Dropping the mic. No, a mic dropped from Mike. Mike dropped his I, own mic. That, that, that's an, it's an interesting point, and, and I I hear you that if Leonard played the night, they didn't win. Now you're flowing flurry back in up there. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Mike Fleury doesn't come off to me as a guy who would get affected by that. He's, I, I think he's pretty car- compartmentalized. Good word. Good lord, I can't. That talk. was good. Um, you spit it out. I, I, all right. I, I, I all think right. I think he's able to put that kind of stuff in the background and just focus on the game. But oh, there's I, no doubt that he is able to do that. It's just for some reason he is somewhat snake bitten in Montreal. It's happened for what 18 years. It's happened with him. It, it's not. It's not an indictment against Flower at all, but there's no. There's just no logic playing him in Montreal again. But, would, but, but and I'm not go. knocking Flurry. And Flurry played very well the other night, but he had the big mistake. But I mean, mm-hmm. Leonard won that game. I mean, Leonard played exceptionally well. He. You know, the only goal he let in was a clean breakaway. Yeah. He saved a clean breakaway to keep mm-hmm. the game within reach. You know what I like? He, he won that game. So, I mean, I wonder if you, I think you come right back with him personally. So many times going side to side for Leonard, uh, he'll, he'll make the first save, but then he's out of position. He's out of the blue paint for the second one. He stayed in the blue paint last game. When, when, you know, when he was moving around, he stayed in the blue paint. But the funny thing is, the one he was swimming around, was the one yeah, that they yeah. ended up reviewing. Yeah, yeah. But he was able to get back and, and well, make the save. Again, he he was there. I was really impressed by him, you know, moving side to side, but able to stay in in front of the goal last game. All right, Mike. Well, anyway, guys, if I wasn't on such a losing streak, I bet you that Flurry would start tonight. So my, well, I mean, my the, betting the, lately the, has been... Well, the indications this morning from City National are... Kind of leaning towards signs of flurry. Flurry, right. But I think there's been gamesmanship going on here. Yeah. uh, In this entire series. Well, and (laughs) I I don't know know what it actually accomplishes, to be perfectly honest with you. But... I think it's just a couple of guys having a little fun. It's not DeBoer saying, hey, guys, go ahead and do this and pick them up. I think that's the kind of thing Leonard... Leonard gets a kick out of stuff like that. I mean, it almost could be a reverse thing where Leonard's loose and having fun with it, and Leonard shows up and leads him out. Yeah, but also, also Flurry is a little prankster. So it's just a couple of uh, adults acting like kids, and that's okay as long as we get yeah, it right. Well, I got news for you. Your mic drop just hit a trampoline. Ouch. <laughs> Watch it on the way back up. So Montreal, that, that that's a tough one to lose for them. Game four, right? That, that, that's a game that you you think you're going to win, and then uh, McNabb gets the late goal, and then the Knights win it in overtime. What do you think is the mindset of Montreal coming in here to Vegas in Game Five? The mindset of Montreal is we have played better in this series, not Game Four, 
necessarily, but in the series they played well enough. And I realize the Knights have outplayed them in games one, two, and three. But Montreal's got to be thinking, we're totally in, in sync with this team. And we've won a game seven on the road in Toronto. We can do this. If they aren't thinking that way, they're crazy. Yeah, right, I, I just wonder if it's a tough pill to swallow, that, that kind of a loss. Thanks for calling, Mike. They also have got a lot of veterans on that team, though, so it may, you know, it may be a nothing burger. All right, so don't forget, spin the wheel of Terrible Herbst. John Smith subs. You got the hat trick special. Buy one sub, get one free today. 9701 West Flamingo. And Adam S. Cutner when they're on the power play on Twitter. And you had all the injury news and notes. Some of these guys, as you would say, rub some uzu on that, boys. Uzucbdplus.com. <laughs> yeah. uh, Use the promo code BLESSING. 10% off your first order. Free shipping orders of $100 or more. Honestly, with the gummies, the chocolates, the lotions, you can manage. Joint pain the all-natural way with Uzu, Y-U, UzuCBDplus.com. I'm... Is Novsik definitely on the fourth line? Is he, is, do, do I have that right? I thought I saw that. If Stevenson goes. Oh, right, right. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. So uh, Don't sleep on that play Novsik made the other night, getting under Weber's skin. No, you know, Novsik does that. Nosek is, it's funny, I never really thought about him that way, but I think he's got a little rat in his game. Okay. I think he gets, listen, I mean, did you see that hit on Weber? Hit him yeah, from behind. No, no, I saw it. Weber feeds him two back, and he could have let it in, and he gives him a good little two-hander on the back of the knee and gets him off the ice. That's Love all, it. Yeah, that's all fine. Now I'm thinking the whole time, man, don't don't get nicked again and go down. He he Nosek is also fragile. I love the kid. He's he's missed a lot I of games. I think he's just got bad luck. Not, okay. All right. What I mean, you'd be fragile too if you get hit in the face no, with no. a puck. Okay, but I'm just saying he's he's missed <laughs> he has I'm, missed a lot of games. I mean, like what do you have? Like yeah. a, a Herculean orbital bone and, or and, something? And I don't want to see him miss any more. How, how about Tuck on the third line? Now he's been skating around, but again I want him. At the front of the net. Take the puck to the front of the net. Be in that front presence when you can. What, what kind of game from Tuck tonight do you think? I, you know what? I want the game from all of them. Okay. Gain the red line yeah, yeah. and dump it yeah, in. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Get the lead. Work work. Weber down low. Right. All right? Yeah, yeah. Work yeah. Petrie down yeah. low. Make that entire team play defense. Get the lead. The other stuff will come. But don't be... The stretch pass early. Don't let these guys come back at you in transition. And honestly, Stevie, if we're sitting, Dave Gosher talked about the slow starts things. Slow start is you're like, well, they know what time the game starts, right? But it continually happens. You know, you he's done this all year long. He starts the fourth line mm-hmm. to set a tone. Mm-hmm. He started the third line in overtime. It won the game. You know what I would do? I would come I would come right back. I would come right back with Wah, Yanmark, and Tuck. Okay. Same shift you did in overtime. Start the game that way. Get it deep and get a cycle going. I like that. I like that. They just did it. Do, go, go do it again, boys. I'm with you on that. I mean, you you honestly, you could, well, I don't know. You set a tone, then you want to get the guys that can put it in the net. But you really want to set a tone. Go third line, fourth line, and then come out with yeah. Stevenson 
Pat, you're ready. I wouldn't center. have a problem with that either. Again, if, if, if Stevenson's in, no thick center in that fourth line, I got a no problem with that fourth line at that point. By the way, Carrier has played his heart out yeah, in this he series. Has. I mean, you know, you really? get one shot in off him or something occasionally, right? But, man, this guy, I mean, he is sticking his face in there yep. and skating like the wind. I mean, you got to love it. I do. I do. He's uh, he's getting back on defense. He's hu- he's hustling back on defense. Uh, good on the forecheck. Uh, cycling the puck. I, I have no problem with Will Carrier. He's, you know, it's a survive and advance thing, but the big picture, I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow night with the Lightning. I think you need a breakout game. I mean, you, you want to get, get by, right? Win and advance. Mm-hmm. But big picture, you need March or so to get a couple. Or, or you know, you need Stone and Patch are ready to. You got to get the forwards off the Schneid here. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody. But I, I, I would like to see Stone and or patch ready do some maybe maybe more so stone i've seen a little we, we saw a little bit of patch ready last game we haven't seen stone yet get get mark involved um and, and we'll see if that happens and then that that second line um you know carlson with the nice pass to mcnab last game but you know something for mark just something for smith get them going you've got to get those those top six forwards involved uh not not just for this series, but if if you should advance, have them ready for uh, for the Stanley Cup Finals. So you, 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 as you've said, you, the the Knights cannot just count on the blue line to get their goals. That's that's not going to work throughout the rest of the playoffs here. I want to say this. I think Vegas. I think Vegas is a big game tonight. I've I've heard that from more than one person. I'm, I'm thinking like a four, honestly, and I and and what have I seen to say this? Is the point right? You know, I'm I'm thinking like a four-one-five-one kind of thing, and I'm I'm not knocking Montreal at all. I think they got a punch to the gut. I don't think they could play any better than they did in Game Four, and it wasn't good enough. And if Vegas can play from in front, and Montreal chases the game, but. It, there's a part of me, Montreal comes out, gets a goal in the first period, and this thing throttles down, and Vegas is chasing the game. I just, I got a funny feeling Vegas, employ the dump and chase, man. I'm telling you, get in, get down and dirty, drop the puck and go. Get north, south, no clown around. Don't, the three on twos and the two on ones will come. That's when they get play down the and hockey. dirty early. Yep, for, for four years now, that's when they played their best game. North and south, dump the puck. Win a puck battle, cycle the puck, get it to the net. What do you think? I don't know. It's, it's like, tough. I, I hear you. I, Steve Carp was talking to me about this. Mike Lewis texted me about this. And now you're saying this, that, that, that the three of you think it's going to be, you know, Vegas off to the races. I hope you're right. I, I don't feel that, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm missing something and you guys are right. It's not a conviction thing. It's a feeling. We all have feelings. Could be gas. <laughs> so we got great guests throughout the course of the week. Kim Bolke will be coming in uh, tomorrow. We'll look forward to that. Dave Shane from the RJ is going to check in with us on Thursday. Thanks to Dave Gosher for joining us from New York. Yeah. Oh, Dave's fantastic. Yanks or Mets playing there? He said it was pouring. I turned the computer off. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I forget.
I looked at it all last night. Now I forget. It's gone that quickly. All right, T-Mobile's going to be jumping tonight. Hope everybody goes down there, has a great time, have some fun. Semifinals, it's a best of three. I mean, pivotal fifth game. What's the number? It's it's, a, it's in excess of 75%, right? Team wins game five. Yes. Series tied yes. two. Yes. Yep. High 70s. High 70s. No, the Canadians win. Did you hear that? Oh, that bastard. Stop and Tom. <laughs> Get out of here. I, wow. Maybe you shouldn't have played that. Yeah, no, I guess Should you stop that? I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, hold on. Go to hell, Tom. <laughs> there we go. I don't, I don't want to get blamed. No, no, no. When you're playing a song where the guy sings Canadians win. Yeah. All right. It's going to be nighttime down there tonight. T-Mobile's going to be rocking. TC and Ballpark. The boys are coming up next. Thanks for joining us on Vegas Hockey Hotline.